0: Sink into the bottom guys.
1: Well, hello, and welcome to the Target Audience Podcast. Each episode, I discuss a film with a guest who shares a personal connection to the film we discuss. They are the target audience, and I attempt to get on their level. This is a podcast about empathy through film. I'm your cisgender, straight, white American male host, Ben Miller. My guests include a diverse group, including today's guest, podcaster extraordinaire, host of the And A Rewatch podcast, uh, and the untitled Cinema Gals podcast, the foremost defender of Mama Mia. Here we go again. Chelsea Eichholz. How are you doing, ma'am?
0: Hello. Thank you for having me. I mean, oh, when I you mean. said f- a film for your target audience, I really <laughs> went back to what really was my target audience. And what a delightful journey I've been on. I've realized, oh my gosh, what what a time. Seven-year-old me was so correct.
1: <laughs> see, I, see I, I whenever me and my brother had my pod, our podcast, we would constantly go through like, we would we'd hit, have more misses than hits. Like we'd go through, It's like, man, I love this as a kid. And we were watching and we're like, man, what a piece of crap. Like, <laughs> like.
0: No, I have plenty <laughs> of those, but like, we'll talk about it soon. The film that we're going to talk about today, mm. it's like, I was obsessed with, and then you yeah. grow up and you're a teenager and then you're like, no, no, no. That's a film I liked when I was a child. Yeah. And yeah. then re-watching this as an adult, like I did re-watch this with my niece because like when she was around eight, she turned eight mm-hmm. last fall. I was like, "Oh, she can watch this now." And then I'm yeah. watching with her. I'm like, "Oh, wait, no, this is a good movie."
1: <laughs> so you're like, "Oh, it's not not my not my kid brain." You're like, "No, no, no, I'm on board with this." Yeah, yeah. I actually, I, I had a. We'll obviously get into it in a little bit, but I mean, it's like I was a, I was a little pessimistic. Like I remember it, like as a kid. Well, as a kid, I saw. You know, I'm I'm a little older than you are, but I mean, I saw this as a teenager essentially. And as a teenager, I'm like, oh, it's a girl movie. It's not really for me. And uh, I kind of had a lower opinion of the rewatching. And I'm like, oh, it's better than I expected it to be. And this is a totally different right? movie. Um, all right. So before we get into the movie we talk about, uh, is we're going to have so much fun to talk about. So if a film executive wanted to make a movie specifically for you, Chelsea, what would that movie have?
0: I mean... Just because it's who I am in real life, like, I identify as a Looney Tune and as a gay auntie. (laughs) So it has to have, like, the eccentric gay auntie energy in it, which the film we're going to talk about has. Yes, yes. Something like that, that little magic comedy, like, in the background supporting everybody. You miss Mm. them when they're there. It has to have that element of it in there because, like, you give me a straight drama. Of course, I can appreciate it, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to rewatch it four thousand times.
1: Yes, there's, there's, there always has to be some level of um, maniacism, essentially, to in, in the middle of all these things. Like, well, what's the what what's the thing that makes it so rewatchable? And it's like, oh, this little thing that I notice a little more each and every time. Uh, like, like you said, this movie is thick with it. The film we're talking about um self uh, I, I believe the word you use is the film the ladies that raised you um the film we we're talking about is parent trap from uh, 1998 the 1998 remake version uh directed by nancy myers in her first directorial effort uh scre- uh written by her and uh, david swift and her ex-husband charles shire um starring uh dennis quaid natasha richardson um a bevy of random other people you're like hey look at that uh, including the aforementioned uh, probably not not Gabe auntie but auntie uh, lisa ann walter mm-hmm. uh simon kirk's polly holiday and then uh of course uh, elaine Hendricks, uh the uh most uh gay icon uh as gay icon meredith blake and then uh, Lindsay lohan in her film debut as uh, as the aforementioned uh, twins in the Parent Trap uh, debut uh, did de- you know the original the original Nancy Myers and you see it's it's so much so funny watching this going like this is the first Nancy Myers film and you're like well it really fits like it's not like a it's not like a one off it's very much uh, apropos with her filmography uh, back from 1998 uh, Chelsea could you do us a favor and give us a quick rundown of the 1998 version of the
0: Parent Trap. And I love well. Before I do the rundown, I love that I accidentally like picked something—the twenty-fifth anniversary of it. Oh, uh, n- nailed it! Did nailed not it. even like I consider mean... that. It's almost October eleventh. It's almost <laughs> the twins' birthday.
1: Oh, I, I, you know, it's funny. Actually, when they said that, they said October eleventh, and I'm like, "Is there any way I could push this back?" And I was like, "Ah, uh, like I thought about it, but uh, still at the same time." But no anyway. Word
0: no it's just uh two twins Annie and Hallie uh, meet each other at summer camp and then prank and terrorize each other until they realize like through every little breadcrumb of detail oh wait we're twins it wasn't just looking in a mirror and then decide to switch places because they're like let's get our parents back together we're not gonna like go to therapy about this at all and then I mean you go to this beautiful vineyard with Dennis Quaid before he was a creepy man and (laughs) live like the best Nancy Myers kitchen in any Nancy Myers film the most beautiful Chessie is there just being delightful comedy gay auntie energy Elaine Hendricks is the villain like gonna hook up with Dennis Quaid gonna steal all this money because she's a gay icon like (laughs) come on but then the other twins just chilling, being a little rascal in London and hanging out with Natasha Richardson in another beautiful Nancy Myers kitchen and mm. having the best time. And then they just trick them. We get all my favorite wife screwball comedy in the end. We play a <laughs> bunch more pranks and then boom, they kiss and that's the end. It's yes. a rom-com, sort of. It's,
1: uh, you know, it, and we'll probably get into it in a little bit. They're so like... You know, as a, as a kid, watching this as a kid, you don't think about the further – the actual, like, life elements of this film. And if you – once you do – and now that we're adults and you watch it, you're like, whoa, there are a lot of red flags here. Like <laughs> – Like, oh, uh, why'd you separate the twins? Well, we never wanted to see each other again, so we thought it'd be like, that
0: is an insane
1: idea of...
0: Like, no, healthy people would be (laughs) like, this is insane. Petty people and screwball comedies, they're like, (laughs) no, that's perfect, let's do it.
1: And you know what? In 11 years, this is going to be a great story. Like, (laughs) yeah, and... There's a yeah. There's there's a ton to get into. Uh, a lot of interesting things to go into this film. But Chelsea, so you said you said as a seven year old was the first is your introduction to this.
0: So- I was literally seven years old. This movie came out four days after my seventh birthday. Mm. Like. I didn't realize that either until I was doing some research on the movie. Talk (laughs) about Meant to Be. And I just remember the trailers to this movie being a seven year old and then being actually interested in the adult storylines as I'm Mm. watching it. So I feel like it was the first time I cared about adults in movies, Mm. not like the Mighty Ducks, where it's like Emilio Estevez, he's doing his thing. I don't care about his, like, DWI or whatever I care about whatever little baby Joshua Jackson's doing and that cute girl playing hockey like no you walk away during those scenes but as a Mm -hmm. child as a seven-year-old I'm like oh I like this mom and dad I like this mean lady I love this like what is it housekeeper essentially I love what they're (laughs) doing I care about them just as much as the child so I felt like that's when cinema really became for me outside of like whatever kids stuff was forced upon me
1: Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I I understand. I have the uh, near identical aspect of it. For um, I I watched Jurassic Park when I was seven, and my in in the theaters, and my dad pumped, pumped us up, and he was just like, "Okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna sit down." Sounds gonna be booming. It's like a dinosaur's right over your shoulder. I am seven years old. I'm like, I am all in, pops. Let's go do this. And I was locked into that film. Yeah. And you know, you you see it as a kid, you're like nothing but dinosaurs. Then you watch it as an adult, you're like dinosaurs are like 15 minutes of this week. And yeah. you realize, oh, I care about the adults. And you, you, it's like like you said, it's it's kind of that shifting of. It's not just, it's not the bright lights, kids, look at all this, da 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 da. And, and it, it's, uh, it's that, um, it's kind of when you realize you're like, oh, movies are not just a thing to keep me occupied.
0: Exactly. Like
1: it's, it's a shift. Um. So, okay, so, God, I don't, I barely know where to start on this film. But, okay, so first things first that I want to talk about more than anything else is Natasha Richardson is so friggin beautiful in this movie and every time i see her on screen she makes me sad and it may it, it, it upsets me every time i see her
0: it is so upsetting because <laughs> i feel like yes. i've noticed this on like social media as well i'm not the only person like there is some like cosmic connection between natasha richardson and princess diana like oh we all, man. We all we all think she should have played princess diana at some point One. like when we think of them they're like cosmically connected we can this is like one of those is this a mandela effect type thing (laughs) did we talk ourselves into something as like youngsters i don't know but it makes me so sad and then you actually like get a little deeper in her work you realize she was the best sally Bowles on stage because you can find a lot of that
1: like bootlegged
0: on youtube you can watch it i have the album like the actual (laughs) cd because i still have those yeah and she is just, just luminous in this. And that also is what sets this apart from like another live action kids' movie is that the way she is shot and the romantic scenes between her and Dennis Quaid, mm. there's like actual visual storytelling. It's not just mm. sitcom Hallmark Channel lighting, there's shadows and intentions and close ups where you actually believe it and actors who have chemistry, which yes. I mean, we don't get anymore. We get the sexless Marvel stars, but these two—they just look at each other, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, what is yeah. going on?"
1: So I just—I just um, i just, uh, this this is the chemistry. Quite thing is the—that's the, uh, funny that you bring that up because I watched uh, *Floor and Sun* last night, and in the film, uh, it, spoiler alert—if you haven't seen it—but uh, uh, Eve Houston is learning guitar through Zoom, essentially, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt living in California. And my joke was, well, they had to be separated by Zoom or otherwise it'd just be nonstop, non uh, pornographic material because their chemistry <laughs> is so electric. And whenever there's chemistry like this, you're like, yes, I get Finally. this. I am on board. And like you said, like Dennis Quaid and Natasha Richardson, it, it takes what, a, a, an hour over the, oh, well past the halfway oh, yeah. before they even interact. But as soon as they do, you're like, oh, okay. Like this is, I see. I see the electricity.
0: There is just something magical about them, and it's just I. Oh, I'm trying to remember who said it, but it's like there's actual substance behind them as performers, yes. like. Like, Dennis Quaid, I do love that in the little picture that is, like, a little thing in the movie that's torn in half, they're supposed to both be, like, 23, 24 in it, <laughs> and Dennis Quaid is easily in his mid-40s. Very you, obviously. You buy it because he has the wrinkles and the life and the smile, and there's no Botox there. Yeah. And you're just looking, and you're like, yes, these are real people you could see in the wild, you could imagine them out on dates. I Again... It's something cosmic, I had and this, then I, Natasha I had, Richardson. Dear gosh,
1: I had this. I had this weird. I remember I, it, watching the film as I'm watching them together. I asked my wife, "Is like, do you think Meg Ryan and Liam Neeson watch this together, or or, they, <laughs> or are they like, ah, I, don't know, I don't know? There's 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 little little. This is a little too close to home. It's it's there there. It's real. There's always something there, and like you said it's a it's a i I was shocked at how little dated this film is for being 98 for being 25 years yeah more than and but the the biggest moment in time is probably natasha richardson's hair in general
0: Mm -hmm. it's like
1: it's it's everything meg ryan's hair and you got mail wanted to be but tried and failed
0: oh it's just i don't know how to describe it up except for just magic as meg ryan says in sleepless in seattle it's just magic just magic (laughs) just the way she's photographed Natasha richardson Mm. and is just effortless and you want her to be your mother like so desperately and you just want to be around and hang on to her like she's not in the movie that much but she leaves such an impact to where it like devastated like a whole generation of people when she passed
1: and 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 you know, even beyond the like, okay, the chemistry and the and the beauty. I was like, man, I think she gives a great performance in this film. I think she's exceptional. Like, there's like when this she's is- drunk. Oh man, she's such a she's such a great drunk. She's and it's uh, not you know, she-
0: over the top like you get a lot now, especially in like sitcoms or comedies that are really yeah. trying. The Judd Apatow, yeah. we're gonna be a four hour long comedy, and we're gonna put <laughs> everything into it it's like no she is an actual drunk person being a little silly trying to keep it together but thinks she's fine and can attempt to walk some stairs and nope can't
1: (laughs) (laughs) and and it's it's so everything is everything about this film is so delightful and that's that's probably why it kind of endears the like because all the dark things you think about you really have to dig into the dark like besides that everything's super light and airy in this entire film everything's It's all in good fun. And if we're torturing somebody, it's a woman who deserves to be tortured.
0: Although, as an adult, I mean, justice for Meredith Blake. We're (laughs) on the other side of 26 and being like, no, I could marry this, like, schluppy, clueless man. This millionaire, like, wine guy. Let's do this. He's pretty cute. He ain't got a clue of what's going on. He does not... (laughs) For that, a that, single second, he does not even notice that his child is not his the child he thought it was. That's like, that's the completely that's the, clueless.
1: That's the secret sauce of this movie. Dennis Quaid's an idiot in this movie, a complete moron. There is not a single thing he is self-aware oh, yes.
0: of. <laughs> Beautiful, dum-dum. Not a single <laughs> thought in that head. Just I mean, that's lets these women walk right all over him. And you know what? Icon.
1: That's the that's the Dennis Quaid. I think I I think I, I never see Dennis Quaid as self-aware as an actor. There's the, there's only like one or two times I'm like, man, he is doing exactly what he needs to do, and he's aware of it. Uh, a film I will eternally defend that uh, is the film In Good Company with him and Topher Grace.
0: I do I, enjoy that movie. It's one of those. I know it's not a. Great movie, it's not like great. in quotes, but you know what? You toss it on cable with some commercials on, like TBS. I'm not going to turn it off. And,
1: and I think, I think it's one of the few times that Dennis Quaid is like, okay, this is I, I have been cast perfectly in this role of a middle-aged man trying to hold on to his better years mm-hmm. and 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 struggling with all this. And it's probably one of the few times in his career he is a bit self-aware. Mm-hmm. and in this one um in this one he just gets to be doofy look handsome and wear exactly. exception exceptionally colored overcoats and uh it, it, this is the nancy myers thing this is oh. the, the, na- na- what nancy myers does is she's like you know what i have nothing against poor people but i'm never going to show you one and i am she just knows going to-
0: <laughs> that we want escapism she knows yes. that we do not want to see like problem problems she we want like little tiny human like (laughs) petty problems yes and i am yes i am calling like twins switching themselves (laughs) because they were separated but that's a petty problem that's like literally a disney problem it's not a hair
1: dryer at me (laughs)
0: like
1: you know yeah and and we don't get too
0: deep into why they broke up because you know what when it you get to matter. the details, when you add too many details to a lie, that's when people gotcha. You. you add too many details to a film, people are gonna pick it apart. That's yep, why we don't question back to the future's time travel. Exactly. It's like, yeah, it can go back in time.
1: Sure. It's just yeah. it it doesn't it doesn't have to have a reason. You don't have to get to it's what's it's the it's the looper explanations. Like I'm not gonna talk about time travel. We're gonna be making diagrams of straws. Yeah. Like it's it don't get too deep into it. Just yeah. sit back and enjoy it. Now When I look at this film, I I remember it being a big deal. It's funny being a, I was, uh, when this film came out, I was 20 or 20, excuse me, I was 12. So, but even then, I remember a media cycle being like, man, Lindsay Lohan's British accent, really good, right? And
0: to the point, Dennis Quaid thought there was two of them. <laughs> no, he did a chemistry read with one child.
1: Yes, of course, um, but I mean, a, a a why why are you so good at playing a dumb dumb Dennis Quaid? Um, so, but I mean, a, as it going into it, I'm like, okay, so I, I my question initially was like, is this Lindsay Lohan's best performance? And I'm watching it, I'm like, eh, probably not. And then as I go in, I'm like, am I right? Is it Lindsay Lohan's best performance?
0: Here's the wild part. A film debut and I feel like I should be like shocked at how good she was but we also have to remember that Lindsay really got her start being like a regular child actor on soap operas Mm. and soap operas are the hardest like medium to film in because most of them are filming like five episodes a day like hundreds of pages of dialogue even it could be the the dumbest dialogue it does not matter you have to remember all of it all the emotions remember where you are in your scene and your like 10 month long storylines mm. and I'm like oh so she literally went to boot camp and then went to the parent trap
1: yes yes summer camp. She's, she's like oh this is probably relaxing comparatively and yeah. uh <laughs> how I, so w- when I'm watching this I'm like oh man this is Nancy Myers all over but Charles Shire's still there and I'm wa- Which is funny, I'm, I'm,
0: because Nancy was there for, like, all of his films. All of his. And you go back and watch those films that she co-wrote, and you're like, oh, yeah, you see Nancy's influence everywhere. Yes, like in yes,
1: it. yeah. Um, so We are jumping all over the place in this thing. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. but, but, okay, so Lindsay Lohan in this film is, there is a distinct... You know, we talk about the style of, of Natasha Richardson and obviously like the, like I said, the big coated, big collared overcoats that uh, exceptional overcoats. The way they are, the, the, the twins are dressed is probably the most important subtle thing that you don't realize you realize like the, the, the straight laceness of the Annie, the outwardness of the Hallie care, you know, the back and forth.
0: Oh yeah, you can tell the twins apart because Annie is kind of like the more reserved, nicer one. She's got yep. her like posh British manners, and Hallie is our queer-coded tomboy. <laughs> I know that like twenty-five years later today, Hallie is with tie-dye girl, and they are probably like going hiking, and their Subaru is off in the garage. Yeah, like <laughs> what a we-
1: visual! That's a that's an exceptional answer. Like just yes. Uh, I mean, I mean, write what you know, like, uh, it's, yeah. it's, I like, I like it. It's, uh, uh, you know, listen to Tegan and Sarah, definitely. Like... Oh,
0: absolutely has like been on to all of their tours. Like me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got good taste. I mean, so, uh, but the thing that Lohan does, it's, it's, you know, I was kind of waiting for the, uh, y- you, you kind of wait for the, okay, this is when the child actor is going to have to show through and. And it's like, no, 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 she gets to be pretty much precocious the whole time without mm-hmm. being annoyingly precocious, which was a nice change And of pace. you
0: believe that she's a child with, like, yes. the child thought, because, like, yes, Hallie... Like, that child, the American child, believes mm. that she can pull off this prank because she was raised by the beautiful, magnificent dum-dum. Yes. Then she goes over, <laughs> and everybody is immediately suspicious. Like, she's <laughs> acting weird. She cut her hair. She got ear piercings. There's probably a tattoo under there somewhere. <laughs> and, like, they're like, why is she in the closet? Why is she got this stuff animal? Well, what is going on? She likes wine now. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, no, Which, the, Br- the Brits well, caught on pretty fast. You
1: want to talk about another red flag? Didn't Quaid just randomly giving wine to his 11-year-old child? Oh, no, excuse me. The person, the kid who just turned 11? So, I mean, a, a it's like, I'm not... I, oh.
0: She goes around saying that uh, she has a vineyard. She tells people <laughs> that's what she does for work.
1: Oh, it's wonderful. I uh, love and, it. Uh, and like you said, she got the 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 American version goes over there and every Brit is immediately suspicious. The English version goes over there and everyone's, and Dennis Quaid's like, well, nice to see Hallie again. says nice for her, her back. And it's it's
0: literally so- Chessie <laughs> and the dog. <laughs>
1: the dog. The dog. The dog. The narc of the, the whole movie is this this dog. Just, just like, how, why is this dog leaving you alone? As always, dogs have the best of intentions always in mind. Okay, so, <laughs> you know, Nothing makes brings me more joy these days than having Lisa and Walter be as popular as she is these days, and then oh. ha- watching her as Chessie in this film, and she gets the biggest laugh for me in this whole film whenever she's she asked if uh, after she discovers who's who, she's like, "Can I hug her?" and just just bursting. It's like into the tears. biggest laugh,
0: but also the biggest cry. Yes, because again, I am watching this twenty five years later, being like, "Oh, am I crying?" now again i cannot watch that scene like where she recites that whole thing mm-hmm. and uh, Lisa lisanne walter has said she had to do that scene like 73 times like wow sorry david fincher good luck on a nancy <laughs> myers film it's like
1: a, it's like oh uh, but you i know. think
0: they just nailed it yes in what they, they really were did. doing
1: yes and it it we, we talk about the unreal the lack of realism and the escapism of what Nancy Myers presents. And, you know, they both have, they have a butler, you know, the the, the British have the butler. You know, what is, how busy is Chessie? Like, what is she really doing around there? Like, I they mean, have one, there is one child. They, Dennis Quaid is not that, they, she cooks, I, I mean, guess.
0: You know that he cannot, like, fold a sock you know that that <laughs> man is hopeless he says he is a man of limited interest he knows how to do wine and be yep. a fun dad and you know chessie yep. is just basically doing like the housewife else. doing everything else there Absolutely. Is, i mean at least she has the most beautiful kitchen in the world and it's probably paid so much money
1: <laughs> so much money of oh, yeah Napa. And, and boy you want to talk about you want to talk about uh beautifully lensing a place you want to talk about napa valley my my we're we're watching in the middle this is we're watching it it's during a school night and me and my wife are watching and she stops and she goes you got to go get a bottle of wine i'm like okay fine so so we had a bottle of wine watching the parent trap because you're watching napa valley you're like this is everything that this is heaven this is what world this is what the world
0: should be like and that's what sets this apart from other children's movies because one guess how long this movie is?
1: It's over two hours. Over two
0: hours. (laughs) And yet I've put myself and other children and like a whole generation of children. We could not look away for (laughs) over two hours because they have beautiful establishing shots. Like we didn't even talk about how the whole opening scene set to Mm. that Nat King Cole song is just a short film that Pretty is much. just like a silent film maybe that's why I like it because I love Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry there's no speaking mm. and it's just you get a whole story in one song and then boom you're off to the races and then With these get, two
1: actors who are definitely totally Dennis Quaid and Natasha Richardson
0: definitely <laughs> totally <laughs> look exactly <laughs> like them don't you're look like 40 year olds either
1: not at all yeah yeah it's a uh, and and every little thing about it you're just yeah it's 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 picturesque and um it's 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 always so funny hearing like the needle drops like all this years later and I'm like "Eh, a little on the nose like
0: (laughs) a little bit but (laughs) also it's like oh you put good music in a movie and it wasn't just like what you expect on Disney and Nickelodeon where it's like the child star is gonna perform every single song Mm. and everything it's like no, 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 no. We're actually going to put the real artists on it. We're going to get real people. We're going to make children Mm. interested in music. Because again, this is the first CD I got for myself. Like that wasn't just given to me. Cause I'm like, oh, I love these songs. This is great.
1: And if we know anything about Nancy Meyer, she loves big band classics and, and, uh, and crooners, uh, like, like, I, I don't know, like say what you want about what women want and in, in the less we say about Bill Gibson the better. but at the same time, that music is just on fire so from top good. to bottom. Yes, just and that's that's her thing. that's that's what she does. And it like you said, it's so funny to see like this movie after seeing the Nancy Myers of all the years, you're like, oh it's always there. It was always she has her thing
0: and you can tell that she has this deep knowledge of film history because you're Mm. getting like the classics from the original film you're getting homage to screwball comedy not only in the visuals but also the music like you can like take so many of these songs and scenarios and set them in like a late 30s like screwball comedy yep it's beautiful
1: i agree i agree so is there a specific scene line or visual that like from the film that where you're like, this is, this is the scene whenever I think about this film or just in general, what's the, what's the, what's the, oh, okay. what's the lasting, lasting thought about like,
0: this film? Aside from, I can recite this whole film, like start to finish.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think
0: it's probably the first film I've been able to do that with. Nice. Um Obviously the Chessie scene where she's like six pounds, 11 ounces, 21 inches long. I think that is like one of the best scenes of the film. Yeah. It's, I got two. Whenever Natasha Richardson is drunk in the hotel, and she yes. says "upstairs," beautiful <laughs> drunk acting moment because a drunk person would just casually use the wrong words and like not blink twice. <laughs> it's not yeah. forced; it's effortless. Yep. And then something a little more heartfelt is when Hallie tells Natasha Richardson that she's not Annie, mm. and just the look on her face
1: the the, the flabbergastness when she's lying when she's laying in bed. With yeah. again perfect hair after speaking French, and I and mean, in, in 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 exceptional pajamas, like it's yes, it's it's that, just that's
0: ideal.
1: A, yes, ideal, and everything like there's a certain there. There's a funny thing about this film I just realized. Everything's so clean, like it's, it's like oh, you have this big Napa Valley house. Windows are open, doors are open it's it's open air and you're, and and you know as a homeowner i always think god what a mess it's like you have a long-haired dog it's like just the logistical it's like that's what chessie's doing she's dusting that is really she's what
0: end. she's doing she's never dusting. Ending this was pre-swiffer where it was easy <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay defend defend gay icon Mer- Mer- meredith blake um because the, I mean, the the justice. lasting this the last the lasting thing I always think of in this film is whenever they throw her bed out on the lake. And I'm like, I'm not sure I'd wake up. I think I'd be out there for a while because like that's gotta be a level of comfort that I just do. Not I love
0: know. that they threaded the whole needle of her taking a giant sleeping pill and going to bed because she had been tortured the whole day she's probably exhausted because she's not outdoorsy at all and she just wants to pass the hell out and then personally i thought it would always be fun to be on a lake in an inflatable mattress that sounds like a good time to me i agree
1: yes but yeah
0: what a beautiful prank that is just incredible iconic (laughs) <laughs> but I do love Meredith Blake because again, she's a scammer, she's a schemer, she sees what she wants, she goes for it. And you know what? Good for her. We need more women like Meredith Blake. Justice. And,
1: and she has the 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 gay best friend who definitely knows everything she's doing. We get the we get the one little glimpse of this guy. And you're like, this guy is just as evil as this as she is.
0: Absolutely. And you're left wondering, is he gay? Like she calls him babe. I'm like, hmm what's going on there you can tell her intentions aren't ooh, pure ooh,
1: i like it Who i like knows?
0: it i you gotta like suspicious, it suspicious but you know what she's a scammer she's a schemer iconic as an adult <laughs> i appreciate that
1: and and what was and, i impe- doing at
0: 26
1: impeccable taste. Yeah. impeccable like that hat right at the beginning exceptional hat just and so
0: good what an
1: introduction just hat down hello, and just as pleasant as could be, and you're just immediately and just going, like the this lady is use, evil. You yes. just know. Yes, yes. Okay, so my question is, okay, so this film, it was a, like, I i, I thought about this film, and I was like, well, this was a massive box office success, and it was an okay hit. Like, I, I, I for some reason remember it being a monster success, and it made... It made ninety-two million on a fifteen million dollar budget. It's very solid. But you look back and you're like, man, was was there do you think this was meant to be more uh broad-minded, or was this like no no no, this is like a kid girl movie or a female driven film that kind of pushed in that direction?
0: I am like I did re-watch the trailer just to get an idea for the marketing. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, this was definitely aimed at children who would have been seven-year-olds or like (laughs) 10-year-olds like me, probably girls and stuff, because things were way more gendered back then. Sure. And then you think even more about like today, it's like, oh no, this would go straight to streaming and Mm. they would not make that $92 million. They would not put $15 million into it. That seems like a minor miracle at this point i have to imagine it made four billion dollars in home (laughs) media like purchases and rentals because that's like that's truly where the money's at and then that's
1: a that's a a really good point about it too like how much does this uh it was uh you know it, it it was released on VHS the same year, around mm. Christmas.
0: Oh yeah, I got that for Christmas. I was so excited.
1: Absolutely, and you cannot tell me this movie was not a massive success. And how often is Lisa Ann Walter? I guarantee every day she goes down the street, they're like, "Hey, Abbott Elementary." Also, the Bear Trap, your chassis. Like it's it's a it's it's a never ending. Like I saw an, I saw <laughs> an interview with I saw an interview with Hugh Grant and Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about like, oh, you get stopped and, you know, you probably get Notting Hill a lot. And and Hugh Grant said, believe it or not, there's always, it's not what you expect. Like, how many people stop me and talk about about a boy? And Matthew oh, McConaughey yeah. said, same thing with Interstellar. And so it's like all the movies you expect for people to talk about, it's not the case. And for Lisa and Walter, I have no doubt people stop her and go, parent trap. One and how- it's definitely
0: percent. parent trap. Again, she's one of the women who raised us. Yes. And I do think that the success and the 92 million dollars was because you could take your kids. Like you're going to make like a a good chunk of money that first weekend, but then movies were in theaters longer and you have to think of the parents who were like, are we going to go see XYZ children's movie? again or are we going to go see The Parent Trap because again this was kind of a summer movie you got to figure out what you're going to do with your kids and you have to figure out which one the adult will actually watch and there's actually something for adults in this movie there's like an actual couple with chemistry and a storyline like that you're rooting for and it you have the beginning camp stuff with pranks for the children that like sucks them in and then you have the rom-com for the adults like that comes up halfway through and, like, that itself is its own movie, and I think that's, like, yes, it was probably marketed for children, but the adults were there, too. Like, they were having a good time as well.
1: Absolutely. And it, it okay, so I wanted to, I, I just looked this up, I didn't know if you knew this, the domestic weekend, the week The Parent Trap came out, it's bananas. This is what, this is what separates the 90s theatrical experience from today. Yeah. The number, so in this is uh, ten through six. Mafia, which is a, a one of the Zucker uh, Zucker spoofs. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy's Doctor Doolittle. Nice. Armageddon in its fifth week. Mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon four in its fourth week. Mm-hmm. The Mask of Zorro in its third week. Love it. Two movies uh, debuting ever after a Cinderella story. Oh. The Negotiator with uh, with Samuel Jackson. Number 3 at the box office in its third week was there's something about Mary.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Parent Trap was number uh it w- debuted in it, at number 2 and number 1 was Saving Private Ryan. There was something for absolutely everyone.
0: Okay. At the theater. That's, that's why it, that's
1: why it didn't make that money. That could be
0: a top 10 list for like best movies of 1998. Like in a vacuum it's like which movies did you go to the theater and enjoy and watch? And the fact that they could have all been in the same weekend, that's insane. It's and, not and, and like just your October, November, December releases.
1: And I mean, Deep Impact is not gone from theaters yet. Titanic is in its 33rd week of release.
0: Imagine Mulan, something in its 33rd release.
1: Mulan is in its seventh week. Like, it's still there. Like a, like you said, that, that weekend, you're like, this is a whole year of cinema. And I'm getting everything from top to bottom.
0: That would be a great film festival. Just, like, take a 90s weekend, take the top 10, and just program those movies.
1: Exceptional. And that, man, that's the weekend right there. Man, just, there's nothing, nothing, like you said, something for everyone. All right, so we talked about it a little bit. We talked about how good he is in this film because he's an idiot. But do we have, like, a unified theory on Dennis Quaid in general? Because he's a really... He's, he's, he's been around a lot longer and in, in more stuff than you ever expected to be like it I, just I like,
0: doesn't make sense like he's in I'm pretty sure he's like in some Oscar friendly movies in the late 70s and yeah, now he's he was just uh, a hottie in the 80s like just hanging out yeah. there but like I've never figured out if he's a good actor or if he's just comfortable on camera I don't think he's a good actor except for in like well i don't think he's acting in the parent trap but like something like (laughs) maybe far from heaven far from heaven
1: is it, it really it really you know of people who like that movie and and really ride for it he's really the dividing factor for a lot of people like they don't know whether or not like oh i like this movie but is dennis Quaid good in it and
0: I, I'm on the side I, that he is doing exactly what the movie is he's supposed to do in the movie, so I think he's good for that. Like again, I just think that movie's great though.
1: And but I, as I'm Dennis
0: Quaid, he's like now he's just doing like a dog's purpose type religious movies. He's, also, he's kind of wild these days, like an ugly because you know certain well, makes you ugly.
1: Have you seen Dad. the uh, Have you seen the upcoming movie he's about to star in? Seen what it is
0: i've heard he's in something weird coming up
1: he is going to be playing the titular man himself in the biopic reagan
0: (laughs) that makes sense
1: i mean and and (laughs) i looked i i I saw the cast and i'm like boy this thing is going to be a piece of crap man it's going to be bad like I think Kevin Sorbo is in the cast list. Oh, of like course. oh oh okay. It's this That's movie. the level of
0: hate we're talking about that makes you ugly because boy is he not a looker anymore.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, see my it's gosh. it's he's so handsome like you said he's so handsome in this movie and he had a run from he had a really really fascinating run uh from from this point till about 04. So he goes he's in the parent trap, he's in any given sunday the next year. <laughs> And then he goes frequency and traffic in 2000 frequency, a classic, like your parents love this movie. And, and also looking back on it, you're like Jim Caviezel and Dennis Quaid, you're like, "Hmm, writing might've been on the wall a little early. Um, And then, uh, then he's in the rookie in 2002 and far from heaven. And then, you know, then it kind of like, everybody's like, Hey, Dennis Quaid is back. Let's make him a star. And it just never worked. It never worked again. So you know, you have the the day after tomorrow, and my aforementioned wonderful and good company, and Planet of the Phoenix, uh, the terrible yours mine and ours remake. Oh, I yeah. mean, it just it just fell off at that point, and it never came back. And
0: his career, now, if you just look at it, like just look on IMDb or like a, as a whole, does not make sense. Like he should be not. that hot man leading actor. Like, just in everything, effortlessly charming, but man, he does not have the Robert Redford factor of being nope. hot and talented.
1: Nope. Like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just the attractiveness. And like, I watched Breaking Away and The Right Stuff within a couple weeks yeah. of each other. And in both those movies, I'm like, well, they are different characters, but it's not really a different character. It's just Dennis Quaid being good looking. Like that's just exactly. kind of Like, that's just essentially what it is. And yeah, it, it never happened for him. And, um, I, I, I mentioned it in a previous podcast episode, but, uh, I've always been disappointed in my favorite letterbox review I've ever written about proof of life. Wondering if Dennis Quaid had ever seen it. And, uh, you know, to talk about chemistry, talk about chemistry that it's the kind of chemistry that ruins a marriage. Um,
0: here's okay, the so- thing though, you know, what? <laughs> If if people want to tweet me at chel seven two five, I will talk some crap about Dennis Quaid and what happened with him and Meg Ryan. Because I love it.
1: I love it. Let's do let's it. Let's just be but,
0: happy. Jack Quaid looks more like his mama,
1: right? And and such a better actor than his dad.
0: I mean, he gets uh, it all from his mom.
1: He's it's all charisma. Too bad he
0: could not use her last name. Just wouldn't uh,
1: what a shame. <laughs> Jack Ryan. oh i just realized that oh that's great okay okay Okay, so okay so chelsea before while we the last couple things we have to say about this movie when it comes to venturing outside the target audience let's say a situation i don't know maybe like me a a 30 year old a a man in his mid-30s trying to watch this movie what do you what do you want the audience to understand about this film
0: oh goodness to understand be like hey you want to be in a happy relationship (laughs) you want to have a great life go find a natasha richardson you see nick parker there all you guys get rid of all those thoughts just go outside go learn about some wine that's all you need to know be charming know how to hang out with kids don't be a creep go watch that movie and you'll find a natasha richardson my guys, you got this. If I'm gonna yes. market it to them, guys, be like, look at all these people. You become a rich guy with wine. You could land on Meredith Blake, but you want a Natasha Richardson.
1: Yes. W- would yes. you be happy
0: to have either of those options? Absolutely. That's how I would sell it to like a typical guy.
1: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what really sold it for me is my. I watched this in addition to my wife. I watched it with my children, including my nine-year-old redheaded daughter who was oh. locked. In. she oh, was all about on board. target
0: audience no
1: joke she's like she had her head the whole time like it's it's also you know i say watching this movie kind of makes me sad for natasha richardson it makes me sad for Lindsay lohan like she had it such does. potential and and this you is know, why kinda... you
0: need real good parents yes. and stuff. where the worst thing is they separate you and your twin at burn not Lindsay lohan's parents no. who were just like i'm gonna manipulate the life out I, of her yes yes giving her the judy garland treatment no
1: <laughs> uppers downers yeah who do, Who are you supposed to blame for this like yeah and
0: i am just i am lisa ann walter at every turn on social media where i'm like i am rooting for Lindsay lohan to have a nice life to yes. get it back together when i saw the blooper reel of whatever netflix crap movie she did like it's not a good movie but the blooper reel showed that she had her life together she was doing really good she's a mother now like I'm rooting for her I want the best things for her because you know what she gave us so much of her childhood in so many great little movies and she deserves to have a nice time with the right people it's the Britney Spears I want the best for you
1: Yep. And, uh, you know, oh, you are be doing wacky stuff on your own? Cool, that's your decision. Be as wacky as you want to be, as long as nobody is manipulating you into your wackiness. I agree. Exactly. So, uh, is there anything else you would like to say about this film before we uh, move
0: on? I mean... Everybody, if you want to see like where all the fun kooky stuff is, go watch the wonderful Cary Grant Irene Dunn film, My Favorite Wife, because Mm. you will see like direct homages, like the elevator scene where Nick sees Ah, like Elizabeth for the first time again, where he's falling into the pool, all of that. Like it is just a straight up screwball comedy when they go to that hotel and i love it. So everybody just go watch some Cary Grant Irene Dunn films. There are two really good ones and one really sad one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is the sad one?
0: Uh Penny Serenade.
1: Oh, okay. I I've that's it's one of my ones i missed. I need to go see Penny Serenade. It's been on It is
0: genuinely just like supposed to be a sad movie, but The Awful Truth and My Favorite Wife are comedy gold.
1: I like The Awful Truth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. uh getting through the the uh, I've there's rare to see a screwball comedy when you're like this is not very good you're like all these are great just a a beautiful hilarious quick-witted woman and a doofy idiot man it's great and it's
0: just like the most silly premise because again like my favorite wife starts with Irene Dunn having come back like seven years after being shipwrecked (laughs) (laughs) where Cary Grant (laughs) thought she was dead and he like she doesn't just go run to her husband doesn't go run to her children doesn't want to crash their life again screwball comedies are deranged and beautiful i'm trying to think of anything else like um oh yeah don't underestimate the like patience of children because this film is 128 minutes yep and a child like does have the patience to sit there and does have the patience to sit through whatever however many minute opening short film montage on a boat set to a Nat King Cole song and like they want that you like give give children more credit like you give them a good beautifully shot film they'll be there and then you tie it in a bow at the very end with Natalie Cole because that is what we do.
1: Yes, it is all about synergy and bookending in the mm-hmm. right way. Yes, and then the most '90s song in the history of '90s for some reason. And you're like, uh, like, does every Nancy Myers film in with this will be like, uh, it's like? <laughs> it seems the like only it
0: thing should. better than this will be in the Parent Trap is the uh, RuPaul's Drag Race lip sync for your life of this, where Dita Ritz did it in front of Natalie Cole. And Natalie Cole is just, like, living for it. So I have, to, I have to get a drag race in there. It's, like, my other identity. So it's just a good time. Great soundtrack. And just, like, real actors given something to do yes. in film for children. And everybody's so pretty.
1: Everybody's so pretty.
0: It is so gorgeously shot. Like, you look, like, in the scene where Dennis Quaid and Natasha Richardson are, like, going to look at his wine collection. You're, like, mm. oh, this is cinema. Like and, people have intention. It's not just, we're going to turn all the lights on in here. No.
1: And, and you're like, Chessie, you better not come home because something's about to go down. And, exactly.
0: Yeah. And then just the time, see, cinema is alive. Cinema. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine this being your directorial debut.
1: Unreal. Just like, man, and, and 15 million seems insane for how this film looks. Right. You it's... can
0: do a lot with $15 million and no. have real movie stars.
1: Right? Not anymore, but no. no.
0: That's
1: where we are now. All right. So Parent Trap, by the way, is on Disney+. Plus. Uh, go check it out if, uh, if you are so inclined. It is a nice, easy watch despite the 120-minute uh, runtime. Uh, okay, Chelsea, before we go, give me a film where you are not the target audience that has hit you in a specific way. This is one of my favorite questions because... I am never prepared for the wild things that people have said. One of the most prim and proper British women I've ever met in my life, she's like, I love Escape from Alcatraz. And it, it throws me every time something, it, I'll, I'm never ready for it. So what do you have for me?
0: Oh, goodness. Let me, I have my letterbox pulled up. I'm just going to look at my five-star reviews just to like pick a film that it shouldn't be for me but it is somehow entirely for me. uh, You know what? I have to go with my silly answer because that's just who I am. I am a ridiculous person. (laughs) Y'all, the pandemic was hard on all of us. (laughs) My first film out of the pandemic, I was in a movie theater with my nephew. We're the only people there. And this film was under two hours. It is dumb as hell, and it is Godzilla versus Kong. Oh yes, (laughs) I have never given two craps about Godzilla. (laughs) I saw the, I guess the other three that are part of this. Monster
1: versus, yeah.
0: Sure, it's a monster verse. Cool, we can call it that. I saw those other three films, um, drunk every single time by accident (laughs) and with friends because they wanted to go see a movie and sober up and i'm like okay (laughs) so i have no memories of the the three films that precede this godzilla versus kong i'm stone cold sober and i am just watching and i am like wait rebecca hall's a real actress yes this is great is king kong going Should he win best actor and he's a (laughs) CGI animal? What is going on here? I
1: have real feelings on Mecha Godzilla. You're like,
0: (laughs) they have like an ocean fight scene and there is light and I can see what's going on and I know where every creature is in the water in relation to whatever these dumb battleships are. (laughs) I know what's going on. I had a great time. It is. Like again, it is smooth brain. Don't think too hard. Like what is science? We don't need science, y'all. We're pretending that these four thousand feet tall things are real. Yep. Come on.
1: Like one of them has
0: nuclear breath. Come on. Let's not judge science. But I had a great time, and it was under two hours, and it's the first movie I saw to the pandemic. And I'm like, you know what? I love King Kong.
1: It's, 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 uh, it. I had a, there's a reviewer I really like, and he said he's to the point now with superhero movies. It doesn't matter anything in it. It just matters if he can understand what's happening during action sequences. Right. And if he if he can't, if he can't follow along, it sucks. And if yeah, he can follow along. Yeah, outside of then...
0: maybe Black Panther, which seems to have somebody who has like four brain cells to put onto the screen, most of them, it's like, oh, I don't really care most of them look really really ugly and yeah, yeah. Of black panther they're not perfect because again it's still a disney superhero S- movie do Come on. You, like,
1: and it, you know the the things that make them the things that separate like the ones that have to innovate like captain america winter soldier you're like oh this is hand-to-hand combat yeah. in the middle of the day they're beating the hell out of each other and that's the only thing they're doing it's like there's not there's no special weapons it's they have a gun they have a knife they have their fist
0: yeah there's no laser it alien out. blaster
1: exceptional it, it, like that that's that's what you want and like you said having that battleship fight these two two monsters are fighting on a battleship that's all you need to know like yeah what, what do you need more
0: than that and the best thing is you go into the movie knowing yeah Godzilla's gonna win but then Obviously. you and then they give you mecha godzilla and then you're <laughs> like oh they have to team up by they the end because we up. have to have our sequel but yes. it makes sense because there's also a child there and they actually did really good casting for the child they actually got like a non hearing actual, act- act- actual child actual child non hearing actress and it's like oh you believe the child you have rebecca mm-hmm. hall there you know doing god's work because that's just who she is yep. like a plus nepo baby I love her so much. Is she a nipple baby? Her father is Peter Hall, like a huge British, like theater director, and it's like, yeah, no wonder she's so talented. She was raised in theater.
1: I mean, it's see, my 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 nipple baby, uh, my nipple baby theory always depends on who it is. Like, I know. it's like Jack Jack Quaid on board, uh, Lewis Pullman on board, uh, Ben Platt. Eh, it's like, and then like. I I was not an Eve Hewson person until I saw Florence and and I'm like oh you know what Eve Hewson I'm cool with it like
0: exactly no some people just have it and some people are like oh your your parents wanted you to get a job and this is the only one where they really (laughs) could help you
1: yes yes exactly (laughs) no
0: it's a good time and because of Godzilla versus Kong we got one of my actual favorite movies. I think later that year, passing because it was on mm. that set. Rebecca Hall befriended Alexander Skarsgård. Nice could help get things funded, and it's like, sure. yeah, I will play a very terrible man in your beautiful movie. Uh,
1: and and uh, mm. my anytime I try to convince my wife to watch something, I'm like, well, Alexander Skarsgård's in it. She's like, well, in that case, and yeah,
0: he has the terrible that I hate of being hot and talented and he shouldn't yes. have both.
1: Yes. And you we know, talk talk about a nipple baby or that right? the entire guard but but I mean by the way we talked about letterbox. So go to my letterbox and find one of my favorite lists I've ever made and that is um films where Scarshard is killed at the film's climax after being called arrogant. And uh it happened in John Wick 4 and Hunt for Red October. So
0: um You know go what? I love that. <laughs> and I'm gonna full circle this back to one of my top five Nepo babies, Natasha Richardson. The yes! best thing Vanessa Redgrave and Tony Richardson ever did. Yes,
1: absolutely. Full circle baby. Yes. There we go. Okay. Chelsea, before we go, give us two or three other films that describe Chelsea as a film goer, as far as not even necessarily the target audience, but we are like, okay, you want to know who I am? This is who I am.
0: I mean, I could throw a dart at my letterbox and pick some, but I did (laughs) pick three ahead of time. Um, Certain women, the Kelly Mm. Riker like little triptych thing where she gave us Lily Gladstone. Yeah, He is perfect. I love the Laura Dern section. I might be the only person who loves that section as well. I love the <laughs> Michelle Williams. It's Kristen Stewart doing great work. And then Lily Gladstone. I just feel like that section mm. might be one of the best films of the last like decades. Mm. It's beautiful. And then if you want to go another silly, well, not really silly, Silly for Chelsea, um, Agnes Varda's The Gleaners and I, where she yeah. is just, it's a documentary about the gleaners and she just going around learning about their culture, but also secretly reflecting on her own life and filmmaking, mm. which Agnes Varda is kind of the master at because a lot of her sure. last several films before she passed were very much looking inward. And this is one where I feel like it really kicked off something special. Mm. And it also just shows that as a filmmaker, you don't need every CGI, beautiful IMAX camera to do something because she's got like one of these Walmart looking camcorders filming stuff. And it's some of the the most beautiful cinema you've ever seen. So I love that so much. Then my actual favorite silly thing and very on brand for me. It has my favorite Academy Award win of all time of every category, bar none. It is Marissa Tomei and My Cousin Vinny. Excellent
1: choice. Excellent because choice.
0: Talk about a film that gets the legalese stuff correct in yep. what you should be doing. Like, I have friends who've been to law school or are in law school, and they're like, oh, yeah, we watched that in law school. Yep. And then Marissa Tomei is maybe the hottest woman who's ever been in cinema in this. <laughs> holy yes. crap I love her so much she's so fun so silly and just her monologues are perfect so yeah those three films I feel like are a good like smattering of what Chelsea likes in cinema
1: excellent what a what a wide variety as well not just it's like try. okay I'm gonna go super serious uh Kelly Reichardt and then also by the way my cousin Vinny and yeah. ex- exceptional like yeah. we we are all multitudes um we are All right. Well, I think that just about does it for this episode of Target Audience. Thank you all so very much for joining us. Chelsea, what do you have to plug?
0: I'm Chelsea725 on Twitter and Letterboxd. I co-host Drag Race Watches, pretty soon Olsen Twin Watches on And A Rewatch Podcast, Untitled Cinema Olsen Twins. We're going to go through the Olsen Twins movies, and I'll probably add The Parent Trap in there as well because that's honorary Olsen's like in our canon because it could have been an Olsen twins movie if you really think about it but yeah we're gonna cover that stuff we're gonna do stranger things we keep pushing that one back because mm. season five is being pushed back yeah all the time yeah. and then they're also doing like new girl we started with community gen finished community and then we're doing little random dives and rewatches of things so I love it Thanks. And then Cinema Gals, Uh, that's whenever me and Morgan feel like it and aren't busy, which I literally am like, we'll put up four episodes, go silent for six months, and then come back with like four more.
1: I love it. It's, it's, it's a great, it's, it's the insanity of the podcast matching the insanity of the schedule. I like it. Like just, um, by the way, I'll have, you know, as so I decided one year, it was 2005. I was working in a movie theater and I decided I was going to watch absolutely everything that came out in the movie theater that year. Oh boy. I was 19 and I I sat in a movie theater by myself and watched New York Minute. Oh no. A terrible film. It
0: is a so bad. So bad
1: and There's a reason
0: why. why. That was like their only like they only had a couple films go theatrical. Most of them were just straight to DVD. Yeah. But that one in particular, I feel like that's the reason why they didn't do any more films after that.
1: It is so bad. And so bad.
0: And you know they didn't want to do it. You just know they didn't. Nope.
1: They are not locked in. They are like right near the end of they're about to get all their 18 year old money like they're Mm -hmm. just like nope i i I am barely invested in this thing exactly Mm -hmm. well chelsea once again thank you so very much for joining me uh it's this has been a this has been a blast uh, you can follow me on Twitter at isbin on Letterboxd and NebIsBen on Instagram at neb.isbin because somebody took my name. Check out my website, icecreamforfreaks.com. You can also follow my other writings on the Film Experience of Cinema Scholars. You can find me on other pods as I'm the David Thewlis of Podcasting. Please follow the podcast on Twitter at Target Pod and enjoy the show wherever you get your podcast. Get out of your bubble, expand your horizons, just watch more movies. Thanks so much for joining us. I
0: bet, made a word of your tongue. Tone deaf with a headache for one. Back to the water below. Alone as a float like a stone.